0: Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tussauds. And I'm Anne Friedman. And oh my God, we have we had to whittle down a pretty epic agenda today because there were so many things to talk about. Um, but we, we are going to attempt to discuss this week uh, an IRL Beyonce sighting, uh, how to make friends, uh, why the Pope continues to be wrong about pretty much everything, including now the internet. Uh, A story about diffusing hyper-masculine aggression on public transportation, baby feminists, uh, black immigration and white perceptions, um, plus this week in menstruation. I'm very excited. I'm also very excited for you to share, for the record, your uh, Beyoncé sighting story, like for posterity, for us all to sort of revel in it together.
1: This is so exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm having a really big, like, music week. This week. It's really funny. I went to the Beyoncé and Jay-Z on the run tour. I was kind of not looking forward to going to it because I had just seen Beyoncé's, like, Mrs. Carter tour. I am still bitter about Benghazi and the elevator situation, but, <laughs> uh, you know, when you get, like, really good VIP tickets to Beyonce, you're kind of a fool if you say no. And, of course, oh, I Amina sh- problems. Uh, and, you know how... I I'm so sick to of like-
0: seeing Beyonce, and I got VIP tickets, and now I have to go, ugh. You know I have never seen Beyonce, P.S.
1: Um, you know, that's your own fault, but we will <laughs> fix that. So I go to the On The Run tour. I obviously feel like a fool because you should never doubt the power of Beyonce. She's just amazing. The whole show is great. It's all stuff that you've heard before, but oh my god, it's so good. Uh, I don't really want to talk about Jay-Z. But so anyway, I'm writing this like, hi, you know, like, I just saw Beyonce yesterday. I'm so, 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 so happy. And I am at lunch with, uh, with a coworker. And she, and we walk into this restaurant and I'm just very hangry. I'm trying to get my life together. And, you know, it's like, why are we at this really expensive lunch when we get fed like great lunch at work? We were trying to get away. But so anyway, she says something to me to the effect of, I think that's Beyonce. And the first thing that I think in my head is "Ugh, like, why are you lying to me? (laughs) And I turn around, and lo and behold, it's Beyonce.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Was she bathed in a glow, like, from above? And she's so
1: beautiful. She's so beautiful. She was holding blue ivy was really, really cute. And all I cared about was like, what is Blue Ivy's like foot game? You know, cause she's like, me. Real, she wears like really cute shoes. She was just wearing these little really cute baby sneaks with like a cool pattern on them. And I was like, I really want to know where these baby sneakers are from. Uh, Beyonce was so chill. She was wearing like a hoodie and skinny jeans and some, um and some high top sneakers and just looking really like a badass mom. And Mm -hmm. just super chill. There were like two, I want to say like two bodyguards with her, but nobody was really mobbing her or acting a fool. And I was like, I don't know if this is like a, because it's San Francisco and people are crazy, but I was also surprised at my own restraint.
0: So uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, I think most I mean, people who are nice people, even if they are obsessed with a celebrity, understand that sometimes celebrities just want to eat lunch with their daughter or whatever, right? Like This is true. But also sometimes we have no shame and we lose our shit. <laughs> I mean, right. I guess, but like you don't lose your shit. I'm saying what I'm saying is you're better than other people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't know that this is Beyonce. <laughs> Everybody's other people when it comes to, but Beyonce. this is the
0: ultimate test. Like, right? Like, I feel like Beyonce is the ultimate test of like, can you be chill when no, you see a celebrity in public?
1: This is true. Like, just see a celebrity in the wild, living her own life, just being a mom, carrying her baby, trying to get some lunch. Um, yeah, no, she just she looked so cool. I was so struck by that. And then on Friday, I also had an impromptu like went to see Kanye West at Outside Lands. So I'm I mean, feeling impromptu. I know. I hadn't I hadn't planned on it. Anne, what can I say? I have good friends who work in the music biz.
0: Also, judging by your Instagram photo of the of the Kanye show, you were like basically standing underneath his kilt.
1: Oh, we were breathing the same oxygen. Better believe it. <laughs>
0: I have had no such sightings. I've seen just two civilian dudes wearing Pharrell hats, or I guess I should say 1980s Vivian Westwood <laughs> park ranger hats. That's the closest I've come this week.
1: I will say this, though. My Watch the Throne like uh, family week has been great and kind of restored my faith in San Francisco. It's like, uh, San Francisco is not as cool as New York. But you know what? Like These like three sightings are going to keep me going for a while
0: giving you life
1: (laughs) thank you as the kids say giving me
0: life I know Let's see. I So someone sent us this article. Uh, listener Ashley wrote <laughs> and asked us um, how we originally met and fell in love, low these many years ago. Ah, such um, a good story. I know. So I figured, well, and then someone else um, sent us an article about how difficult it is to make friends as an adult. And I figure, like, maybe we can use ourselves as an object lesson. <laughs> um yes, and how to make obsessive friendships as an adult because we were definitely both adults when we met.
1: Yeah, we were definitely adults. This is um can I tell the story? I mean, yes, of course. Okay. I remember being invited to this Gossip Girl viewing party. Uh Gossip Girl very relevant at the time still I know there. we need to
0: add that caveat every time like what it was e- really happening at <laughs> whatever
1: the time. and don't denounce gossip girl it's still relevant later seasons were really bad yeah but you know what it's okay like the first season was the best thing and also we have to love it
0: because it's the show that brought us together it's true so this was like what season two three
1: you're right you're right you're right probably season two our good mutual friend, well, becoming new to me, friend, Dyer Olapade, shout out. She's she's kind of the fairy godmother of this friendship. Dyer just the jam. Dyer invites me to her house to watch Gossip Girl. I am in a place where I kind of want to make new friends. Important lesson for the person who wants to make adult friends. It takes effort. And so I agree to go to her house to watch Gossip Girl with all these people that I've never met because, duh, Gossip Girl's amazing. And I wear my favorite t-shirt that's a homemade Chuck Hart's Blair shirt because, you know, you got to bring your A-game at the Gossip Girl viewing party. I don't remember really what we talked about. All I know is that you and I had the same reactions at, like, all of the, the parts of the like the show at the same time. And I was like, this lady is amazing. I want to be friends with her. And I remember when the show was over vividly like walking out going uh, oh, I hope we are all walking to the same place you know because DC is so small and it's like maybe we are all walking distance and I remember it was raining and you and the other two people that you were with went the opposite way that I was going and my heart like broke
0: <laughs> but- I mean I love it because in my head now this is like a romantic comedy scene it's like raining you've, you've just met your dream bestie and like she's walking the other way <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. because I did the thing that I never do. When I went home, I immediately looked up your name from the email, the Gossip Girl email, and I added you on Facebook. I never add people as friends on Facebook because I'm a jerk and I'm like, well, like people will add me. I went to add you on Facebook and as soon as I turned uh, as the whatever, like the website came up, I saw that I had a pending friend notification from you. I was like, everything is great.
0: Immediate, immediate. I mean, the other thing, lesson number two about making friends, which is like internet follow-up crucial. Maybe I should write something where I name the phenomenon by which you share links with someone the day after you have dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way of cementing – has this already been written? The way A way of cementing your, like, you know, burgeoning relationship?
1: No, it's just, like, a huge part of my, like, friend flirting game. It's like, hey, here are all these things that I want to read with you.
0: <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, reading the internet is your love language. You like, I've it. read the internet for you and sent you links. That's true. Anyway, and so then we, like, had an immediate internet – and IRL Friendship. We saw each other the following, like, two days later, wasn't it? Yeah, or, like, I went
1: to watch the movie Obsessed, starring Beyoncé and Idris Elba for, like, the fourth time, because you and Dyer hadn't seen it, and I wanted to see it. And I was like, I am playing for keeps.
0: We went, like, on midnight on a school night. Early commitment. Early commitment. So, I don't know. I guess I, th- I think that, like, it obviously helps if you sort of have some friends in common and can bump into people naturally. But also, like gotta say yes to that stuff like you gotta go all the way to the other side of town to watch gossip girl sometimes if you want to meet great people
1: that's yeah we're, we were in like woodley park never go to woodley park
0: yeah exactly you know and then obsessed at midnight see i've always been behind on the beyonce curve that's what that's the other lesson like you had already seen obsessed twice at least
1: uh and three times it was my fourth watching
0: <laughs> just oh to God, be clear Who's the evil white girl in Obsessed? What's uh, her name? Allie Larder? Hello. Oh my god. Wow. Just, just trying to remember. Anyway, so I just looked up this guide to making friends as an adult. Yeah, and, tell me about it. And it says things like, indulge in some real talk. Slowly up the intensity of a QA and a to create friendly feelings in just 45 minutes. Wait, like, are you a robot?
1: All, this is all wrong. You can't real talk a friend you're trying to seduce. What's wrong with these people? I know,
0: you you gotta go for the slower reveal.
1: Yeah, you know, like, basically, it's just like dating. It's like, put all of your best qualities forward. What do you bring to the table? Don't be your, like, asshole self. Ever. Right.
0: Be your best self and slowly introduce the real talk.
1: Exactly. Very gently. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I feel like this guide is just... So, I remember ages ago, I... I don't remember if it was like I was taking questions for my newsletter or like someone or tweeted at me the question like how do I not die alone and I was like, this is just the easiest <laughs> thing to answer ever. The answer is you be the one to call. Like, you just call people or, like, email them or whatever. Like, don't sit around at home being like, no one's called me. That's like, so like crucial. Like, those people because are die people... alone people.
1: Yeah, no, and those people are always the ones that complain about how they, like, can't make friends as adults. And I was like, well, maybe you should be a little more proactive about it.
0: It is a little bit of a give and take. If you meet someone who you really like, like, I mean, you have to, you have to court, you have to pursue.
1: Yeah. So what are our tips for making adult friends? Number one, just go to things. You actually have to like leave, get out of your house. You actually have to leave your house. That's important go to all like take up all the invitations even the ones to things that you don't want to go to like i go to craft parties even though i hate them i've been to two burning man parties last week let me tell you want to light
0: myself the truth want to light out.
1: myself on fire got some face painting done but guess what met about a hundred people <laughs> two people have real potential having lunch with one lady next week i'm very excited you actually have to go out of your way and you have to make yourself a little vulnerable.
0: Yeah, also I have totally met some of my greatest friends via the internet, like friends of friends or people who one of my one of my dear friends from DC, Lindsay Wood sent me in like a really like a stranger email back when um I first moved to DC and my I at the time I wrote for this blog, Feministing, and my bio said something about how like I wasn't excited to be in DC and it said that I'd gone to college in Missouri and she emailed me and was like Hi, I you know read your read Feministing, and I went to school, and I'm from Missouri, and I also hated DC for like the first two years. Like, we should hang out, and we had like three supremely awkward friend blind dates, like th- set up by the internet before we legit. That's right. Friends. You got to put that Facetime um, in. I mean, that's the other thing, right? I knew I was waiting for you to get around to put the Facetime in, but put the <laughs> you do. But- in. Also, internet follow up. Yes, follow-up. internet
1: follow up is <laughs> crucial. Also. I feel like I am the luckiest person because all a lot of my friend groups are just merging into each other because that's how I like to live my life. (laughs) So via the internet, a lot.
0: That's not luck. That's no, I mean, obviously, right? Like a lot of
1: my a lot of my friends have met because it has been like delightfully orchestrated. And that's the other thing is that like sometimes, you know, you got to like pass on the karma. Introduce your friends to your other friends like that is so important and crucial and um yeah and delightful things will come your way
0: that the sort of you know going to hang out with one friend and then bringing along one other person is like the best way also for people who are like kind of shy or kind of dislike big parties to make really Mm -hmm. good friends and so like if you are a good friend you will also be thinking about like who to introduce your good friends to
2: hey i have to butt in here for a second this is gina delvac producer of the show by the way and uh wait you didn't think you were the only one eavesdropping did you okay so i just want to say that this is exactly how i met Anne, and of course i'm so happy that i did we were both journalists living in la but she was this boss lady editor and i was just making my way into public radio so our dear friend sarah blank introduced us in a couple of very low-key successive bar hangouts during which i remember talking about my then obsession iud's anyway of course Anne was so funny and so smart She and Sarah and I shared some horrifying period stories, which I will not repeat here. Of course, I was friend-crushing hard. And one thing led to another. Lucky me. Anne introduced me to Amina, and she has also held me so close in URLs and IRL situations. So this advice can really work. Your hosts don't lie. I'm here to do a little impromptu endorsement of my own and give a special birthday shout-out to Sarah Blank.
1: I have um, I have an email in my draft box right now that says uh, the subject line is set me up with your friends that I'm going to send to all of you mm-hmm. very soon while well, all of you being like my IRL friends saying like, hey, I'm settling into this weird town. Who do you know here? Please set me up with them. And sometimes like you got to do that too.
0: But I also think that like being new in some ways also offers this great freedom where you're like, well, I don't know where we should hang out. You have to like pick a restaurant and like show me your world is like a really great little
1: And um, are you saying like, that you don't like use tactic? the Yelp app and go who is the duke of this location? Who's the duke? Who the duke of this, <laughs> this location <was> like <laughs> and just go there?
0: <laughs> this is a long-standing way Amina and I judge Yelp reviews. If you if you don't know how a place is, who's the duke? Does the duke look cool? Would you yeah, hang out where, with the duke? Where else is where <laughs> talking about how we hate the pope right uh and
1: like another hallmark of this friendship we both hate the pope so much i love Um, that we fake love jp2 but this pope this pope is evil and nobody knows
0: i ironically love jp2 in a midwest grandma way like i don't actually actually i hate him just as much
1: i mean Um, duh we hate him but the problem is that this pope is beloved by people and, and I would say, like, people that I consider to be, like, really skeptical and not Catholic and just, like, smart people. And they're all getting bamboozled by this pope because every once in a while he'll make, like, internet pronouncements. Don't right. fall for it.
0: Whereas you and I are like, show me the receipts. Which policies have you changed? You
1: know? Yeah, no. He's just so awful. I was like, stop talking about Snapchat to make yourself relevant. Like, do shit I care about.
0: Okay, so this week he uh, he issued – wait hang on, let me find this. So on, on Thursday, he met with 50,000 German altar servers. That's Word kind of up. A- <laughs> Word up. A stadium's worth of German altar servers. Anyway, and, and told them, quote, maybe many young people waste too many hours on feudal things. Our life is made up of time, and time is a gift from God, so it is important to be used in good and fruitful actions. And he went on to sort of cite, as examples of not good and fruitful actions, quote, chatting on the internet or with smartphones, watching TV soap operas, Oh, shout out, Gossip Girl. And using (laughs) the products of technological progress. Snapchat,
1: Snapchat shout out.
0: I mean, obviously, this is kind of a little thing in the scope of like the Pope not being great to survivors of sexual assault, for example, like minor, minor point about hating the Pope. But sometimes it's the easiest, the little stuff that's like Uh. easiest to go in on. also what uh, a what a
1: hypocrite coming from someone with like 20 twitters and like four million followers i see you pope
0: yeah i mean yeah it's like like like, please spend your time communicating better p.s follow me on twitter in several languages
1: (laughs) (laughs) my favorite thing though is how he's like the internet it's a gift from god but also use it wisely um yeah he, what, what was it it was like a network not of wires but of people get out of my face.
0: also my network is people even my my digital like network is people like you don't know my network this is the problem with the po- fucking pope the pope doesn't know anything about my life
1: this <laughs> the is the pope- problem with the pope the pope doesn't know my life the ann friedman story <laughs>
0: I mean, that's basically been my story since I was, like, a kid, like, rolling my eyes in Catholic school. But, like, for real, I just, like, this idea that, I mean, obviously there is some stuff on the internet that is not productive, and obviously, like, some television shows, like, you could maybe say it's, quote-unquote, futile. That's such a weird construction, but maybe the, maybe it <laughs> was mistranslated. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I
1: don't know. I don't think that anything on the internet or on TV is futile. I think of people do things to not get their shit done right
0: i mean i i also agree with you and i i mean like so my most meaningful relationships were founded and like m- midwifed by the beautiful thing we call the internet
1: yes <laughs> and it's a gift from god didn't you hear the pope i get, can't hate on everything his like branding game is on luck.
0: You can't really do worse than his predecessor, Emperor Emperor Palpatine. Like, you can't possibly.
1: Everybody hated Benedict because they're like, he's evil. And I was like, no, he's exactly like what a cartoon, like, (laughs) like a pope should be. Just this like evil German guy. And I kind of really appreciated that. He's like, I'm really into these like Prada slippers. I want to spend all of this money. Also, I'm probably gay. Like, I don't have time for this.
0: I mean, sometimes I think that he did, like, extra evil, like, face makeup and, like, was, like, extra, like, you know, just, like, he was he was really leaning in, you know? I
1: can't even get into this more because otherwise it's its going to get too, 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 too real.
0: Well, look, I feel like this is a good transition to this article you wanted to talk about about baby feminists at Wheaton College because it, it also has a religious angle.
1: I Our- work. Good friend Irin Carmon, who is just doing the Lord's work, lol. <laughs> when it comes to writing about reproductive rights, <laughs> went to Wheaton College in Illinois. That's actually a really conservative college. I went to a very um, religious, conservative high school, and some of the like smart kids from my high school would go to Wheaton. Like that's the Christian, like smart school. Some of my favorite things. When Jordan Ashley Barney arrived at Wheaton College in Illinois and wanted to join the Christian Feminist Cabinet, she asked what the difference was between a Christian feminist and an actual feminist. Because to me, Barney said recently, I don't think there should be any sort of difference. But when she and co-president Krista Peterson took over, they kept Christian in the name. It makes people less worried, said Barney, meaning less worried about the stigma associated with feminism. Ugh! I just... I love these girls they are they're organizing on their campus they're also you know at Christian schools feminist is like a good branding (laughs) yeah no feminist is like a really 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 bad word and I'm so impressed with them and I just I love them so much and I there's such a special place in my heart for like little baby feminists on college on college campuses because I was one of them too and I'll admit that I'm really biased. I'm like, oh, these girls, like, know exactly what's up. It's not like they're out here reading Tina Fey books and going, um, I, I'm a feminist. And I was like, no, like, some people actually organize and they know about feminist praxis. I'm so excited. Hashtag gender oh studies. God. I just love gender
0: studies, ladies. Clearly, these women were feminists before they got to college. It wasn't like obviously, But
1: college feminine. is, like, where, you know, it all starts making sense to you and you get, like, a vocabulary to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you meet other people like you, especially when you go to like crazy Christian high schools like me and probably some of these girls. And you get to college and you're like, oh my God. It just, like everything just blows your mind.
0: You know how you sometimes just see random displays of masculine aggression? You know like like the dude who is like accidentally like you know someone touches the wheel of his bike and he flips out and everyone's like uh tiptoeing around the situation and he, the just, situation like, on and the he just like
1: hulks out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. It's like it's like the next public bro level after sitting with your legs spread open like on public transit. It's sort of like the and one more notch more aggressive. <laughs> So my friend Jenna Kinsman, who is a designer in Chicago, her roommate tweeted this story about how he was on the train in Chicago. Wait, and it pause. Was like, the train in yes.
1: Chicago is called the Metra, like a metro with an A.
0: Well, that's the suburban commuter. That is just version. blowing
1: my mind. Somebody has got to change that. Okay, tell me this important
0: story. <laughs> the Metra? I thought you would like that. We're taking the Metra. We're taking the
1: Metra. I don't know. It's weird.
0: Anyway, so he was he was on the train, and it's very very packed. And he says, pushing and shoving through the line came this six foot infinity dude from God knows what bad company listening, Jeep Cherokee (laughs) driving dimension. Janna's roommate Brent, this guy kinda leans his body back into into the dude, you know, to sort of push back. And the guy obviously doesn't like that and decides to get in his face. And so turns around and goes, What? And Brent looks up at him and goes, You're weird. And, um, and he's like, do I try to fight him? I'm clearly not big enough. Like, we can't just stand here forever. Is this guy going to punch me? Clearly, he wants to punch me. I think that's an important part of the story. The guy is like, you know, I'm just, I'm just really looking for a fight. So he says, so I did the only thing I could do. The lightest, tiniest jump, like a toddler when excited about triangles. <laughs> and it gave me just <laughs> enough lift that my lips landed right on his. The The crowd's silence from intense masculinity made the kiss only more audible. And without hesitation, I sprinted 10 feet away just in case. Everyone, everyone began laughing. I stood briefly watching to see if this dude would pull out like a bazooka or 50 guns or something. But he just stood there more embarrassed than that one time he openly expressed emotion in his 20s. (laughs)
1: this is like worse than glitter bombing somebody oh my god
0: on one hand i'm sort of like this is incredible i love this story all's well that ends well basically the guy was just dumbstruck and our hero got away just fine without without being punched in the face but when i read it i was also like this could have gone a totally different way like that guy could have just like beaten the shit out of you right then and there on the platform
1: yeah no i um my blood pressure is high right now. I <laughs> just I'm not finding the like happy ending here. That is crazy,
0: so I don't know. it ends with him sort of saying, like he says, so all my bros like me out there. I encourage you to do the same because now I know how to ruin every jock and rough dick abroad. <laughs> I mean i I don't know, I sort of am like. I appreciate, but also, you know But also be know.
1: careful out there. Don't be
0: out there kissing bros. Oof. Use with caution. Use with caution. <laughs> but I mean the thing that I love mostly about it is just like recognizing that pointless hyper masculine confrontation that happens in public. We all put up with that. You Seriously, know, like, like
1: ban men, just ban men altogether. It's <laughs> awful. That is not where I was going with that, but okay. <laughs> that's where I'm that's where I'm always going. <laughs> uh What do you feel about this epidemic of people writing about dudes that like have their legs wide open on the train?
0: I mean, it's just funny, right? It's rare that, like, men taking up too much space isn't sort of, like, scary or violent. And it's more just, like, annoying and, like, kind of hilarious in a, like, do you have cantaloupes for balls kind of way. No, I know.
1: It's all I can ever think about. I was like, this is so funny to me that you have external sex organs. And because of that, you can't sit straight.
0: I mean, external (laughs) genitalia will never not be funny to me. Like, it's all just out.
1: (laughs) Like, the whole thing is ridiculous. I just am noticing that it's a bigger part of the conversation now. Like, I hear it over and over again. And one, I'm kind of sick about hearing about it. But two, like, it's real. Like, dudes take up a lot of space, like, IRL and emotionally and a lot lot of ways. So, again, not surprising.
0: Let's see. Speaking of people who take up lots of space, white people.
1: Oh, love white people.
0: I know, you like white people more than you like men, I think.
1: Not to make this... (laughs) Wow, Anne, wow. (laughs) But true, but true.
0: (laughs) I mean, I probably do too at the end of the day. If we're talking broad categories here.
1: I don't know, I feel like you like men more than you like white people.
0: Mm. I mean... Yeah, it's like it's more complicated. I'm already like, oh my god, someone's gonna excerpt this clip, like when one of us is getting put through the dark side, like Pope Francis's internet. Someone yeah, will pull Pope this clip Francis's and use it internet. against
1: us. <laughs> like you, you know white people.
0: Um, <laughs> oh my god, I'm totally, so, I'm totally using that from now on. When I'm like in like a Tumblr vortex, I'm like, I'm on Pope Francis's internet. Like, gotta go be more productive.
1: <laughs> you know, my favorite thing about watching a movie about with you is whenever um white people. big scare quotes do ridiculous things and you are so embarrassed for your entire
0: race of people that makes me laugh a lot. I mean... It's pretty embarrassing sometimes. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you.
1: White woman burden. So
0: true. Sometimes you just want to watch a romantic comedy without being embarrassed for white people. I know. I feel like the Sex
1: and the City movies. Like you just could not watch that with this rape.
0: I can't believe you just told the world that I even watched that movie. Okay, but anyway, no, we wanted to talk about this article that our friend Jean Demby wrote, which I think might be Call Your Girlfriend's first major media mention that is not an endorsement, but sort of a substantive discussion of something we talked about here.
1: Yeah, we're we're, we're getting there, Anne. We're getting there.
0: Oh my god, baby steps. But anyway, this article by our pal Jean Demby at NPR is sort of about the way... I would say racist attitudes actually change or, or, or sort of the broader population's opinion changes of black people when those people are recent immigrants versus whether they have lived in the country for quite a while.
1: AKA the story of my life.
0: Right. Well, and this is the part of our conversation he excerpted where you were talking about the way you're perceived in Europe versus the way you're perceived in America. Because Americans tend to sort of see, for example, more recent African immigrants as like hardworking and full of potential, whereas even Barack Obama addresses a group of graduates from the all-male, historically black college, Morehouse College, by saying, we've got no time for excuses.
1: You know, I have a lot of like fake qualms with Barack Obama. I'm a huge fan of the thanks Obama mentality about a lot of things. But- the Obamas, like, both him and Michelle, their attitude kind of around respectability, politics, and black people is something that is really hard for me to stomach. Like, I don't know if they're doing it for show. You know, it's like, hey, like, do you have to do this because you're playing this political game and this is what you want to do? But they have both said some just, like, really rather insane things to all black audiences. And I think that it's really interesting how they they kind of take this very paternalistic tone and attitude when talking to all black audiences you know the pull up your pants don't you know like don't grow up to be an artist or a basketball player here's what you can do and that is really shocking to me coming from people that I you know like I consider them to be like progressive and it just goes to show just respectability politics nobody's immune from them
0: And Jean sets up a contrast where just, you know, a couple of weeks later, Obama was addressing a bunch of young African leaders who traveled to D.C., which, uh, callback, our friend Dio <laughs> Olapade covered for the New Yorker. Yeah, no, um, it's
1: so good. They just like parachute all these African like leaders who, by the way, are great and not impressed with America. That's like my favorite thing about all of them. They're like, what? Your country has like no infrastructure. What's going on here?
0: <laughs> right. And, and, and so to them, Obama says, I believe in you. I believe in every one of you who are doing just extraordinary things. Uh, which is great. But also, like, <laughs> I know. Right. I know. But that's
1: not the message that he has when he goes to Morehouse. And that's so, right? you know, to use your favorite, like, college graduate word. It's so problematic.
0: I don't know. And I think that we have both probably read lots of articles about race and how it's lived and people's perception. And this was a real I don't know, this was a real eye opener for me.
1: Yeah, no, it's really good. I think it was last year, Tanahasi Coates spent a couple of weeks in France and wrote about it on his blog. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was last summer. Mm-hmm. And that series is like completely eye-opening and wonderful because he, you know, he's basically this like African-American guy, like living in Paris and he's completely in love with Paris and he's just like living like an X-Men. The whole thing is just like beautifully written and great. But, it, like, for me, it was really hard to read because that's the complete opposite of my experience, you know? Right. And it was really interesting, like, trading notes with him about how, like, we're both perceived, like, in our respective places. So, you know, I, if you haven't read, if you haven't read that from a couple
0: Maybe it's time for this week in menstruation. Oh, my God. Um,
1: so I know that you wanted to talk about one thing in this week in menstruation, but I found an email from you that said that was like, do you get um, do you get drunk faster if you're on your period? I really I want to discuss this. Like, where's Obviously, that from? Obviously, I have
0: no memory of sending you that email. <laughs> you, like, definitely, <laughs> like, search your
1: inbox for like, drunk and period.
0: I have, like, a internet degree in medicine level theory that I get drunk faster <laughs> when I have my period. Like, somehow my, my uterine lining has been absorbing all the booze, and, like, once it's gone, I just get drunk really fast. <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no sense. I think it's probably because I'm taking lots of ibuprofen, and so my blood is thin or something. Like, I think that it's sort of a... <laughs> I don't i'm know.
1: just like generally not sold on like drunkenness like science because i don't understand how i can generally drink an entire bottle of wine a night watching svu and i'm fine but i'll have one whiskey in public and i'm dancing on a table like i don't know i don't know the science of that so if you want to come be the like call your girlfriend doctor and answer all of this for us please do
0: yeah, we were discussing this. We kind of need an actual human to ask these questions, too. We just sit around and speculate and then, like, end the segment. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe like, we should consult a doctor.
1: We both have, like, degrees in Gray's Anatomy, you know, like, level
0: one and two, so. We need a <laughs> <C-Y-G-M-D, C-Y-G-O-B-G-Y-N>,
1: CYG OBGYN. MD, CYG OBGYN, CYG Allergist. Like, I'll take
0: everything. And an attorney while we're at it.
1: Yeah. So, wait, are you on your period right now? What's going on?
0: I am not, but um but the the Guardian ran this article last week that was ten sexist scenarios women deal with at work. Um and it was <laughs> sort of like boring. it's like, I mean, right? It's like the idea that you can like boil it down to scenarios. But number four is being accused of menstruation when voicing a firm <laughs> opinion. <laughs>
2: Like, are you? so the
0: quote the quote in that section is um quote my colleague had to chase up someone in another department for not meeting a deadline for paperwork to be submitted when she went to speak with him about it his response was is it your time of the month
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand how like people well people hashtag men can say that with like a ser- in, like a serious way
0: that's so weird i mean it seemed also pretty outdated to me obviously i think there are lots of bald-faced sexist things in the workplace that are not outdated but that was one where like oh she must be on her period i'm like it was it was the other attorney in question like a 17 year old doogie hauser style oh my god yeah no if somebody
1: says that to me i will like period all over their desk at work like that's I mean, that should be your punishment <laughs> that should that should be your punishment. It's like, hi. Here's us. You know, I, I have long Like you
0: will know. If you wanna know when I'm when I'm on my period, like I'll let you know. Yeah,
1: I'll let you know. Like here's my period on your chair. What's up? <laughs> um, you, you know how my um my longstanding like desire to have a all lady terrorist group called Toxic Shock Syndrome
0: <laughs>
1: basically going after street harassers. But I feel like they could also go after assholes at work
0: yeah for sure i feel i feel like this guy is just a street harasser who's been domesticated
1: i know it's just like somebody says that to you you should be able to like shoot them with a bloody tampon and just go Definitely. yes i am in fact on my period Yep.
0: Yeah, like do you do you really were you prepared for the answer like you can't handle the truth
2: <laughs> you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth
1: have you seen like some of these videos where people just like take out their tampons and throw them at people? There's like a couple on the internet and they're great. It's just, you're just, like, how fed up do you have to be as a lady that you're like, I am about to hit
0: this asshole with my tampon? I mean, Gina, please find us an audio clip of a male reaction when a woman takes out a tampon <laughs> and hits him with it.
2: <laughs> no, no, that's definitely not going to happen. I love our listeners too much. And if you love us back, subscribe to Call Your Girlfriend on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at CallYRGF and find all of our past shows at CallYourGirlfriend.com where we have links to the articles we talked about and the music that we play.
0: All right. Well, um, I'll see you on Pope Francis's internet. Oh,
1: my God. I hope to never see you on Pope Francis's (laughs) (laughs) internet.